Hey everybody, it's Eric Balance coming to you with the Resilient Minds podcast where I feature beautiful entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and experts in their field where they help us discover their X factor, their experience of life, only to discover how they were able to accomplish and find out their why factor, their big why, their purpose in life. So join me as we get to discover the beauty of our minds and how can we really continue to go after the biggest and most wildest dreams while we continue to pursue and manifest our greatest intelligence that comes from the heart. Also, if you haven't, go check out the new alignment course that I've created at www.ericbalance.com forward slash alignment, A-L-I-G-N-M-E-N-T. See you on the show. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Resilient Minds podcast. I'm super grateful, excited to have Vesa here. Um, so for those of you that may not know Vesa, uh, he's a friend that I met at the first time I was in Dubai. Uh, he's an amazing digital artist, but it's not just a digital artist. Like this is like super, he, he's been in the, in the industry for Close to 15 years, hey, Vesa, or longer? 15 years, yeah, now. This yeah. month, 15 years. <laughs> yeah. And, like, Birdie brings art to life, and he's really launching a huge movement, um, not just in the digital world, but in the crypto world, in the NFT world. He's delivered, you know, beautiful um, art pieces um, on cars. He's adding value at different conferences, and he's really... Uh, bringing in a new niche, a new industry into the field. And so I just want to really, first of all, thank you, brother, for coming on. And second of all, say, you know, I love what you're up to. I love what you're doing. And I love the creativity. Same, same, bro. And I really appreciate it. I know you've had a bunch of very prestigious, cool guests. And uh, I'm honored that you would include me as as one of them. And I've been looking forward to this chat for the you know, I think the two, three weeks ago that we already agreed to do it. So I'm like, it keeps popping up. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be a cool chat. So very excited about it. I am uh, apologize to, for, to people in advance because I'm at a conference space, which is, uh, there's an Algorand conference that is opening here, the um, uh, Souk uh, Medinat. Uh, so it's not, uh, I'm not a home comfort like you are at the moment. So if there's any background noise, it's because of that. But this is the most quiet spot that I could find uh here thus far and it's pretty okay i think no worries bro um i'm grateful that you can take the time because i think you know there's always especially being in dubai you know man there's so many things happening all the time i know that this for me was like always the case when i was there um so i i really appreciate the time but bro i just wanted to get right into it with you and really you know i know that you've been you know speaking learning learning about art you know and I, you know my father I, I don't know if I told you this actually my father is a curator um an art gallery art gallery here in Edmonton and oh, cool. so I've been around art all my life you know really been fascinated with it and the way that it like really speaks to me and communicates with me because it's a really an amazing form of communication what for you um really spoke to why art or this way that you like to express yourself what got you really curious about it or started about it i think it was just in me uh ever since the beginning it wasn't first it was audio before it was visual i mean i, I turned my parents pots and pans 
into a drum kit with these wooden spatulas when I was five. And there was just this rhythm. There was this thing that was coming through me. And, and I, I just, I, I guess I connected into something with that. And then a bunch of different things happened. Uh, not all of it, uh, what I would say is entirely constructive uh, for a young man's sort of worldview to be uh, forming and, and the sense of security and those kinds of things. And I, I suppose earning those dues of, of kind of overcoming whatever trauma and bad things, it, it's the Kintsugi principle, actually, that kind of condenses everything that I do, which is that there's this old Japanese tradition where that sometimes when you break a bowl or a cup or something like that, you put it back together with gold and silver lacquer, and then it's considered more beautiful because it has a story, it's been broken, and it's been put back together with love. So and essentially, I think how a good human being is crafted is that we all come into the world uh, somewhat innocent with different temperaments and all that kind of stuff. But then at some point, life's difficulties and whatever happens to you, they start to um, come and they keep coming and and some people um, become bitter and they they can't really handle it and there, there's all these different kinds of traps that you can really get into that, that then effectively don't make you uh, into the best version of yourself and I think this is what really resonates with me about your podcast and and the purpose of this chat as well the resilience is that in order for me to have been a digital artist without oil originals for 15 years and supporting myself and now my family and things like that it, it first and foremost it's been 99 percent sweat equity and resilience in order for that to happen and now of course in the crypto art space and kind of being early into nfts and whatever that kind of thing it's it's helped it tremendously along but i'm still not in the millionaire millionaire category of things so it's not financially still even at, at this point that comfortable but the network of people that I have around me and the people that I get to build with is so incredible. And I think most of those things have really happened because the difficulties and the resilience crafted and took a lot of the fat out of the system. It just burns the dead wood from around you for, in order for me to be more straightforward, more uh, self-reflective, more understanding what it is that other people want and what it is that I'm here to contribute as opposed to just something that I express myself and whatever, and then people buy it and it's a nice thing and whatever. That's, that's whatever. That, all of the, uh, whatever is the nice bonus out of this it, it, from attention and all those kinds of things, they're, they're really secondary after you realize how difficult the journey has been to come out of my own shell in order to understand what it is that I'm here for and what I can do for other people in the process. Wow, man. I think that what you said, a big part of what you said and, and something that I really caught that, that really resonates is, you know, you're, you're not just expressing yourself, you're paying attention to what people really want. You're listening to what really they need. And you're also applying this expression to something that is really changing um the people around you the industry around you and as a result you're also bringing um a nuance a very unique nuance to, to the space and so i think this is something that expresses the personal development right that you've been on, on inside on the internal journey and it then as a result allows one to adapt because you know i know um when it comes to the path of you know, expression, there's a lot of things that the outside world is trying to dictate to suppress. 
but it's mm. beautiful that you're allowing your expression to also be um, created through your own heart space, but also also then listening how you can tweak it so that people are seeing it in the way that it's supposed to be delivered through your through this expression. Mm. Well, they, no, that that totally, uh, and you you understand it beautifully. Uh, if, if I may add to that. There, there's a certain amount, like ever since a kid, I was drawn to pyramids. And, you know, mm -hmm. I was seeking those kinds of artists who were somehow connected to that realm. And I eventually traveled to Egypt and Mexico. And, and I, I was quite obsessed about what these temples and ancient structures, why they were aligned with the true north. What did they, what did they already know? And what did that have to do with the different kind of constellations? And what, what do these structures know? And why were they pointing to the sky? And there's actually, you know, the Graham Hancock series now, on Netflix, the the ancient apocalypse. If you haven't watched it yet, I thoroughly recommend it. You know, uh, as as part of the art, I got to make friends with uh, John Anthony West, who's one of these renegade Egyptologists, and I got to body paint his daughter and uh, become friends because I was also in my previous life I was a filmmaker and I made these documentary films exploring all of these kinds of themes. And long and the short of it, what I'm trying to say is that there's there's a cosmos that has certain laws and it has a certain structure that we've known as civilizations for a long time already and to that i'm a forever an apprentice and and kind of understanding what how to infuse already what god has made into something of value that transmits into art that doesn't have to always be explained you can just be in the presence of it and you know that something that is true about the world is in that artwork and that's one way to infuse but then the other thing is that unless if you've done the internal work in order to get out of your own way, when something comes through you that is not necessarily constructed or numero uh, numerology kind of thing or or your ego or your the different kinds of aspects that we need as human beings, and I've learned not to negate them. They're absolutely necessary and you have to tend to your ego in a healthy way. But, you know, to the, the structure itself is like this is why I'm so fascinated by spiritual concepts, for example. And I think this is the, the key in a nutshell is when people ask me about how do you do this creativity? What is creativity essentially is the question. And I think uh, this is what psychedelics and many other things really helped me with is that uh, if you think of most of the, the religious stories, like let's say Christianity, for example, it starts with first there was light. So out of nothing becomes everything. Uh, essentially like the flower of life pattern and the symbol that I use in many of my artworks, it is said that, you know, on a molecular structure way, everything comes into existence through that pattern. So from the one becomes the many. So uh, simultaneously, you will have the one source to everything and then the absolute plethora of everything. And some people try to make it only one source or then it's the magnitude of everything. Whereas in reality, it's both of those at the same time. And you have to be comfortable with that paradox. And now if you look at the many of the religions with their birth story of the cosmos, uh, it, it's about how everything is in uh, birth and death and transcendence all of the time. So the world is creation. It is nothing but creation. But us human beings with our fragile egos and our sort of uh, limited understanding, we have to, we feel often that we're separate from the world. We're not 
really a part of it. We just sort of pop in here and then we have to contend with dumb animals and and kind of like the blazing sun and people do shitty stuff to you and and you you have to contend with all the bestiality and the predatory nature of the world and you kind of become very protective and that layer protects you from being connected and being present with everything that is creation. So what creativity really means is to me at this point in time is that I was at one point far too open and let things come and damage and be and I was a little bit naive about it and now it's become more like I know how to choose when to be open and allow things to come through and try and navigate the things but then also deal with the fact that the world and God itself is a predatory form of of energy as well it can rip you apart in a in a hot second so all of those coming together is somehow the thing that I'm trying to into artworks that it would have somehow have value i love it i think this is so beautiful the way you explain it um because you know it, it really it really uh this explanation is really duality it's it's the expression of um the importance of us understanding ourselves and i love the part where you you express really deeply about the channel so it is really important, you know, it, I, I'm writing my book right now about the conscious revival. And it's important that we really go inside on this inner path first. Once we have this inner path, it's very beautiful because then our creator, source, intelligence, God, whatever you want to call, it comes through, through you and then you can decide. And then the final thing that I really can resonate with you, bro, is this peace of um you know na na naivete you know and i think that the world teaches us in such a beautiful way of understanding through our own experiences what it means to really learn how to create boundaries and the importance of like reflecting our own beautiful expression versus getting projected on through the world's society or point of view or just you know, the, the natural source of like trying to squash because when we even like the word too open, I don't know, like to, to me, it's like it's about how, how can you be really open and then still have those sense of 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 artistic um, creative um, settings where you're saying this is for me and this is not for me because it creates this resonance inside of you and this reminds me of Akido it's this beautiful Japanese art a flow a martial art that it learns how to flow with energy and it actually is it's it's more of a dance than a martial and and I think that this is what we allow ourselves to come through once we understand the energy and it's beautifully done in your work, you know. This is um, one of your paintings behind you as your banner. Am I am I correct? This one of this. Yeah, this I just art. made it last night. Yeah. Well, it's a mixed media piece. It's something that um, because I started these, the process of how I jumped into becoming uh, a contemporary artist as opposed to a filmmaker really was that I I made these um, television series about educating people and how to be better with their dogs and. And uh, I was working myself to death with my production company, paying the bills. And I really wanted to be really Scott. I wanted to be David Fincher. I wanted to make the next Blade Runner or 
uh, Gladiator or Fight Club or Seven. You know, th those were the things that it, they had dark themes, but they were these luminous worlds that, you know, were deep psychological explorations into becoming a human being, like to your fullest potential, like I was saying earlier. Yeah. And then I found myself in, in this situation making these television series kind of like that, that was totally different and, and find myself in this small trap of a, of a thing uh, financially with the production company bills. And then I had a sort of crisis of everything. And I realized that, hey, uh, what if I what if I started body painting on people and playing with paint and photographing that paint? I, I didn't know how to paint really at that point 15 years ago. But I knew that if I put some energy into that thing and I macro photographed those paintings and I, the human being would give me this beautiful form and I could utilize NLP, neuro linguistic programming to to generate a space for a model to allow them to go past themselves and their own fears and, you know, really do that deep exploration. And if something happened, then I would be taking photographs. And if I collaged them together with Photoshop, maybe I would have something new. And once I found this crazy lady called Sophia, who was the first one to to kind of jump on board to uh, to kind of co-create this thing together, when I saw those first artworks in front of me, I no longer wanted to be a filmmaker because I realized that I could do these whole worlds essentially without a crew of 800 people and massive budgets and having to take care of the producers and licensing and just like all of this craziness all of a sudden I realized that I could I could just have this expression and as opposed to being an A-list Hollywood director. I could just be an artist who is doing something unique and let's see where this goes. But then that led to a lot of trials and tribulations because, you know, having digital originals, AKA files, AKA in the eyes of the art world, only copies was a difficult road. But these really, this artwork behind me is a lady that I photographed uh, first nude 2014. And then after this, uh, the, the the paint was applied and then it goes deeper into a process so these, these artworks are new uh, they're a little bit lighter because I'm just taking some of my best nude photography from the years and then applying some paint on top of it to just keep it fun and light and moving because most of these artworks especially from the origin days of what I did they took from up to 10 days to two years to complete them and they're just very workload heavy in that kind of way so I'm I'm just exploring different kinds of themes and this in particular is a uh, crypto themed in a way because it's called laser eyes because uh, she sort of just started looking like because uh, there's always the, the, these themes in art about the male gaze and the female nude and those kinds of things and this uh, this lady is looking back at you so yeah. the, the, it's always fun to play about with themes like that this is um it, it's really beautiful i think it's really beautiful and it just really just highlights the creativity that you really have um tying back into this like lightness and darkness it really brings that together tell me about some of this experience because you really highlighted something about duality that i want to go deeper in in your own journey and so this was something you know whether it's and i think that may, many artists many people that follow the heart many people that, that that need to go down this deeper form which you know ultimately is resilience you really have to tap into your own sense of darkness and understanding to really then come out onto the other side through the fire and really find that 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 like the veil is is really non-existent but really actually you know the, that's where the light is right and so mm. what do you feel for you was like a breaking point as you kind of continued going through and was there a breaking point that really was like, no, I'm fully taking the commitment 
and um I, this is my new identity you know this is who i am this is the character i'm taking mm-hmm. on this is the this is like there is no holding back i'm fully committed and i'm i'm ready to rock well, I, I don't think I ever had too like I had such tremendous respect for the name artist that I didn't call myself an artist before I felt like I'd done some real art, which was that moment when uh, when the first artworks on this new process just sort of came through, even though I'd made music, played multiple instruments, I wrote, directed, shot, edited. I did, and, and it was these. But it really was about telling stories and giving birth to these worlds. But at the same time, I was contending with my own psychology and my own trauma and all these different kinds of things that were preventing me from stepping out of my own way in many different kinds of ways. And in that journey, I started listening to Ken Wilber and Wayne Dyer. And I, I discovered all of these amazing teachers who would help me kind of see myself in better light and understanding the psychological traps that I was putting myself into or where my ego was really in the way. And then, you know, um, psychedelics were a tremendous help. I mean, they really put me up against a lot of a lot of pretty hardcore stuff and uh, processing, you know, my relationship with my parents and and and, you know, being bullied in school and all all those kinds of things that, you know, ultimately uh, become like a they're like these parasitical things that live inside of you. I mean, everyone who's an artist will will contend well most people are going to contend with that negative voice with their head like pretty much most of the time that they're conscious and then some people try and change the world and some people go to the gym and try and change themselves uh, and there's nothing wrong with trying to change the world but i would say that it's much more constructive most of the time for someone to go to the gym and try to change their own reality first before they attempt to change their outer reality and i think this is part of the whole thing of why our world is such a mess is that we now have a lot of people who are not really doing the inner work or kind of understanding how much grit that they need in order to actually process their own stuff. So they don't just project their own negativity into the world and think that they're a good person in the process as they're making everyone miserable around them. So maybe those are the kinds of things. And I like in general, as much as I enjoy the feminine energy and being surrounded by it and understand the importance of healing and, and compassion or whatever it is, we also have this unprecedented hatred for masculinity going on at the moment. Mm. Like you, ha- you have some of these characters like uh, Jordan Peterson or Andrew Tate or uh, many of the ones who are talking about the sort of masculine core and essence and honor and kind of like integrity that is on the inside that are deliberately slammed and lied about and slandered and whatever and it's their tone or something that that, that is often certain different ways that being masculine uh, is under attack in so many different kinds of ways and I, I the more i kind of tap into that masculine core of myself and into that center also the more creative force i find inside of me so that, that there's there's all these themes that are constantly being battled really whether it's yeah yeah totally and, and 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 it's not like I agree with everything that they're saying. That's not the point. But I I, I totally resonate and love how they're going about the world, uh, trying to find the true path and sticking with it firm, no matter what what comes. And I think this is a part of how I feel the artistic career has gone as well. There there are a lot of things that I've refused to do, and therefore I'm not yet in the millionaire category. Whereas other people maybe took an easier way uh, in or out, however you want to say it. And and I just feel like if you stand solid with the value that you have created, if you have really created some value, 
then you should stick by it like you're sticking by your family or your best friend or whatever it is. It's it's like there are certain things that you just don't sell out. And eventually that price that you pay for it will come back to you. In, Absolutely. In, and and I think this is the part where you're sharing is like that that in, integrity piece. It's ultimately the one that allows us to leave this world behind a better place. And you know, um, this is that masculine edge that we're allowed. And it, I think too, like there's a lot of masculinity that is toxic, right? Um, it, it's about being the wound. It's it's not about being the wounded masculine. It's about being the divine or healed or um understood masculine where we can actually dance with our feminine because personally uh when i went through the healing of my own masculinity it was it was very toxic it was very wounded and and you're right you know you have to go through this personal journey before you're ever able to you know it's like we always say and i think when we had dinner that we were talking about is like hey, we, none of us here need to change the world. Like, let's just like work on ourselves. And then that's why we come together around this table, sit around and, and from that space, we can then, you know, together, you know, illuminate a, a stronger path, right? And this is where the family P comes. This is where like the family starts to resonate. This is where like, this is why we're able to stay connected even being, you know, in, in opposite sides of the world is because there's a deeper resonance that's that's being curated because of the connection that we've created from like a deeper source. And I mm. think that this is something really fascinating because more of our brothers and sisters around the world, as they kind of go into this expression um, of themselves first and then out into the world, what do you feel like we're able to contribute as like these um trailblazers of maybe the new the new way of doing things the new um era the new earth you know like Vesa, you know you and me have traveled the planet right we've been around the world we've done a lot of cool things and we've built a lot of great um expressions what do you feel like as being a trailblazer you know paving um, the path as we walk it what do you feel that allows you um to do more for the next generation because i think you're really contributing to it yeah sorry bro there's just this guy who's because i'm right next to the parking lot here in this room there's a guy who's leaving with his motorcycle so just two seconds because can't even hear it so, oh oh it's so super loud um yeah so like yeah that's a how would i go about it like uh, I, that understanding what you're starting to say about the divine masculine and the feminine uh, i i find both of these terms like now we we're starting to have the the toxic feminine because i, I would even say that we're mm. more in the toxic feminine era right now that we're in the mm. toxic masculine because you you have uh when i was growing up when i was a kid and the hormones kicked in i realized that a lot of the guys were doing their scrapping like this and girls were doing reputational attacks so they had this sort of a thing. And now with the rise of the internet, I think even the clinical research is, is pretty clear. And this is what Jordan Peterson talks about is that the clinical research is saying that the, the feminine way of violence really is reputational attacks. And it's, it's these kinds of exclusions and inclusions and those kinds of social games being played. 
And the internet has really made it more possible than ever before in order for people to be bullied like 24 seven and excluded, included, like all, all of that kind of stuff. And we see it happening in front of us all the time. And I'm not saying this is only like women doing it. It's many men are doing the same kind of thing. And it's really. No, because um, it's the force of the feminine, right? So, and we all have it, right? So it's, it's, it's like. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's a part weapon. Of, yeah. So, but, but because David Data was really the guy who I started listening to at the same time, he, he was the one who really kind of started talking about the divine masculine and feminine when I was in, in my early 20s. And I really resonated with his books. I think he, he's got an incredible right. mind. And I would say that if someone is in their true feminine uh, or, or they're in the true masculine, I, I, I don't see like when, when something is these days described as uh, toxic masculine. I don't see it as masculinity. I see it as immaturity. I think a better thing would be to say that someone's being immature or toxic rather than saying they're a toxic masculinity because masculine as a life force, as an energy, there's nothing, I, I don't see any any toxicity about it. Like I associated with guys who are slaving themselves to death on these different kind of oil rigs doing impossible things and building structures and making and taking care of their families and uh, doing whatever. I think that's real masculine. It's, it's taking responsibility for your life and becoming a part of your society and having your spiritual relationship with your God like in, in line. And that's the same with women. I, I think in uh, actually like this trailblazing thing probably now to say is a part of saying that there's many women who think that they don't have to work on themselves at all. They're just perfect as they are and nothing needs to happen in order for them to kind of rise and work their asses off to become their best selves. And I think this is the core of humanity is that we are born kind of flawed and kind of fallen kind of shitty and raggedy and and all of this kind of stuff we don't really know anything and then you have to work hard to maintain your body or your nutrition or your mind and your skills in order to become a person of value and this is equally difficult to become a person of value for a woman as it is for a man it's just maybe a different game or some women are more masculine and they will want to achieve masculine things and that's their natural energetic core and they like should be allowed to do that and express themselves and go through their trials and tribulations what i really just have a problem with is a bunch of very lazy people who don't work with themselves at all think that they're perfect as they are which they of course aren't and then they feel negative and then they projected that out into the world and maybe a lot of the people who are they're criticizing they're actually envious of uh, as opposed to rather than uh, trying to make them better human beings so it's this interesting dance that is going on like on multiple levels and, and i'm all for women's empowerment like all of these different kinds of things that that's what my art really has been about is to create those spaces where people can let go of things and become their best selves to become these art beacons of, of what it is that our potentially actually allows us to be but especially in the spiritual communities earlier on when i did what i did a bunch of different kinds of discoveries and whatever it is i found this what they call spiritual bypassing or i i found this kind of a thing that, that you don't have to look at your own darkness you don't have to look at the jungian shadow to uh, kind of it's all about just light and love and whatever and this kind of thing and i just found bullshit man no, if you, you got to do the work. I think that's how the cosmos operates, is that you have to do the work and you have to show up and you have to have enough courage to face yourself or other, uh, otherwise you're going to be delusional about what it is that you think is valuable about you. Amazing, amazing. I, uh, this darkness part is, is something that I really resonate deeply with. The one thing I want to um challenge 
I do think that we come into this world not flawed. I think we come to this world perfect. And that's where the that's why like the, this perfection is part of the the the, the duality. And um, to me, it's about all of the projections that the world has either given to our um, parents or our grandparents or our ancestries. And then it's a responsibility for us to get curious. And I think that this is like uh, the beautiful part of like, you're right, um, not spiritual bypass, because if we do bypass any of that darkness, we're not doing any favors for our children or our children's children. And so I think that this is something that we as a, as a new generation, right? We're very similar in age, you and I, um, have discovered consciously. And I think that our parents, our grandparents were very unconscious to these patterns, right? I mean, you look at just historical propaganda, right? And the repeatable cycles that have been delivered over centuries and through the economy, through war, through, you know, um, communication. And it's just been cycles of the same, you know, um, the same things happening centuries at a time. And so it's, I think, because of what we're become aware of, right? Because we haven't bypassed, because the, the, the old generation has been so focused on bypassing these things, right? On like, mm. we'll just leave it, you know, whatever. We'll just not work on it. But our generation, I think, brother, we're focused on, we've come to this time, in this time to come in this perfection of this duality and saying, hey, we're actually going to do the work. We're going to do the work. And we're not going to pass on the things that our parents or our grandparents or our ancestors have passed on to us of course, we're going to pass on other things. There's, we always have some sort of uh, some sort of unconscious awareness. However, we are so focused on this mindset of not set this heart set of integrity of this masculinity that you so beautifully described as not immature. Um, and I really feel that it's our duty now to to contribute our energies in such a beautifully divine flow of, of, of expressing, of sharing, of holding that space of compassion and truth so that the other, um, you know, uh, immature uh, masculine and feminine can really come to light and say, hey, you know, I, I, I didn't know what I was doing, but it's only because we were willing to step up, bro, and say, hey, we also didn't know, right? And I think this is cool, like, with your vulnerability about sp spreading about the naive, naive, being naive or uncertain, because same, you know, like, bro, I still, you know, I'm, I'm uncertain about a lot of things. But one thing that we can all capture together as leaders and in influence is this a willingness to have certainty about our own selves, our own path. We don't need to be certain about what's out there, but having this certainty within ourselves is the most beautiful way that we can all express together. So really 
defining our our nature, our true nature, um, and and what it means to start building a new community, a new family, a new era, you know, trailblazing and doing all of this, it really sounds to me and what I'm hearing is like it's about holding a space. It's about it's about being able to stand in a, a room and being comfortable with who you are, with your identity. Definitely. And, and courage. Uh, courage is the one one really kind of like consistent thing that keeps keeps coming up. And just to just to go back a little bit, just to clarify what I mean about how we come into this world a little because um, uh, at the same time we're the, this divine spark i mean you look at a baby that's come into the world it's a, i'm not saying it's like incomplete as a human being no that's no that's i didn't when think you're you still, were but I, yeah no 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 I, but I, let, I, let me explain what what i tried yeah, to say is that <laughs> you know you have this you have this divine spark but when you come into this world you also can't walk you can't feed yourself you can't do anything you can't build a house you can't drive a car you can't like all of these things you have to actually learn in order to become and, and essentially, as, as we go along and you start trading cards or you start whatever, then you start to realize that everyone else has their own reality. And unless if you're somehow contributing to that, their reality and they contribute back in a, in a nice way, you know, it, it's not going to be a sustainable thing. And then you learn at the same time that some people are just out there to fuck you over because uh, they're, they're jealous or they want to get one up on you or that that's their ego. That's their all of these different kinds of things are going to come into your you're shaking things. So what I'm, because yeah, maybe our parents' generation, they weren't like hugging, they weren't understanding, they weren't honoring that divine spark in them. But what they were doing a little bit more than what we are doing at the moment to our children is this kind of like, yeah, it's a pretty tough world out there, kid. And you better like get your shit together in order to be a part of it or, or otherwise you're going to be run over. So they were a little bit better at that, but they weren't honoring that part that is the divine spark. But now it's swung the other way. Now, now it's more like this. Everyone gets a trophy whilst on the inside and especially young boys, like if everyone gets a trophy, they're going to know that this is bullshit. You know, and, and if, if the other team won, but, you know, you also are winners, even though you lost, I, I think that it swung, you know, this way. And, and, and ultimately, it would be beautiful if we can have that balance where you can look at a kid, if, if it's yours, and you can say, you are a beautiful spark of God. You are absolutely amazing. There's nothing that can ever shake my love for you. And whilst we're on this subject, you really suck at this and you need to get better at it or otherwise you're going to get run over. You know, if there is this beautiful balance that you would get from usually maybe the other side from the mother and maybe the other side from the father. But I don't think there's anything in our way anymore for us to become the full men uh, and in our capacity to do that thing uh, mutually. We can express the feminine or the nurturing side and we can express the challenging uh, because both of them are coming actually from the same place of love, really, if it's integrated into your system. And that's part of the shadow thing. I think this is, and I think this is something that is very important in our parents. Um, something that I can definitely um, share that is so important. You know, my parents, I, I love them. And I think that this is a big part of, of expression. And this is the power that our parents give us. There's so much trauma, but there's also so much gifts, right? Like, and we also need to like look at that. And I think that you really touched on a huge part there is like recognizing the gifts, recognizing that 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 the gifts have been given to us by our parents and our ancestry as well. 
And so it's, 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 it's important to unlearn some things, but it's also really important to remember the foundations. And that is, that is something that I, I really personally am going to take away um, from this because, you know, like as, as you're, as you're saying that, you know, I'm really recognizing my mother and my father and the power that they've given me in their own little ways, but the way they dance with each other and me observing that has been such a really cute curious philosophy of the way that they are with each other and with the way that they are with each other given me this ability to dance with my own masculine feminine and because they're able to dance with each other's and so it's given me this this balance so to speak because it's it's really identifying so it's like you're really resonating at a deeper level um, as you're speaking about it and you're helping me curate this like anchor um you know, whether it was unconscious or conscious at one point, it, it, right now it's about bringing the light to it. And I think that that's so beautiful because how many of us, when we're listening to something, are we actually philosophizing and being so present to it that it's actually hitting us in the heart in the, in the moment? And so I think that yeah. so many times we're at these events, whether, you know, you're speaking or I'm speaking or somebody else is speaking on stage and we're not really present. So my, my, my thing is now, I, I always talk about this piece of presence and this importance of it. And so as we're learning from other people, right? And really, like you said, we're, we're, we're bringing two people together to be listening and curious enough about another map of the world, right? And then as you, as you say, it's like, hey, let's hold space for each other. What do you feel is the importance here of listening? in a world where they're, we're inundated with so many different attentions and things that are happening around us that we're actually, it, it, it's, it's like, it, it doesn't exist. It's very like distracted kind of society now. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something deeply personal actually, because I'm, I can talk about this a little better now because I'm, I'm, I've come out of it to, to a certain degree, but like yeah. holding space for example this this happened because I'm, I'm married now and we've been together with my wife lotta for uh nine years nearly please and, give her my uh, best yeah definitely so yeah. but what happened to us a little bit over a year ago is that our son was stillborn and uh that was uh unimaginably horrific the moment when i realized that this boy that i've been waiting for for a long time to come and join us because we had a miscarriage before that in an early stage before it. So it was, um, it was some, something that was quite traumatic already in the background. And then uh, the day that we went to the hospital, we were actually turned away. Uh, the heartbeat was there and everything. And uh, the nurse just said that we're not ready to come in yet. Uh, and then um, two days later, then, you know, because we weren't really given any instruction on how, how and when then to come back. And we thought that we had already fulfilled that and when we should be coming back. And then when we came back and realized that the baby no longer had a heartbeat, and after that, because it would be, it was already three days of a grueling sort of birth exercise before then, and then well, we had to be with uh, the awareness that for 24 hours before actually we tried to get the dead baby to be born out of her uh, for 24 hours before the uh, like the C-section happened finally, and it, it was such a brutal horrific experience that I was in a fog for about a whole year but I realized that to and this is this speaks to the masculine core as well is like 
it was a month and a half after this happened that I was already back on an airplane to come to Dubai to speak on a main stage and present some art and do other things because I, I realized that I, I couldn't really hold space for my wife in a way that I was emotionally completely there with her, like going through all of the emotions and at the same time, keep my shit together in order to prevent other disasters like financial disasters or these opportunities that we would have hurt, uh, worked so hard for in order for them to still manifest. So I came to Dubai and right after that, there was this Brittany Kaiser uh, production, like a, a crew of 20 people from all over the place who were coming to Finland to do this production with us. And then for a full year, when I could have my own sorrow or I could have my interactivity with the with the pain that I was going through, uh, she tried to be there, but to, to a limited capacity. So we assumed these roles that she healed herself for a full year trying to process everything and, and you know, all, all of this kind of stuff. And I was trying to hold everything together around us because actually before this happened, it was eight weeks. Uh, no, it wasn't even that. It was like three weeks before this birth, our dog died as well. So it was just so such a devastation all along. And then during the summer now, I was finally, I had some time to kind of like take time off and, and heal myself a little bit and kind of confront all of this stuff. But I was deeply disappointed in some sense in my disability to be able to be there emotionally to support my wife. But I also realized that I couldn't do both. I couldn't hold the space for us, like not to have the outer destruction happen if I was to do that. And luckily, her family, my family, they helped. And there was a psychiatrist that helped. And many other people came as a group to help that whole thing come, come, uh, come together. But holding space, I think I fulfilled my masculine role in order to protect my family and keep that thing in line. But uh, it, it was, I don't know to which degree it was or wasn't a disappointment to my wife that I couldn't be simultaneously an emotional support for her that much or process my own grief simultaneously as that was happening. So, and this is what I mean about a, a lot of the sort of social justice warrior kind of thing that is going on. And I'm not stranger to that myself. I've done many different kinds of cause art projects and, and these kinds of things. And while I think you should really be as effective and good at being your best self and help things go along and help other people and, and these great ideas to manifest, I think this is a part of the modern discussion that we miss is that life is brutal and it's always been brutal. It's not only been about our engineering and our wars and human flaws and whatever it is for us to contest with nature. Like we're in this top hospital in the world where the, uh, the death rate of babies is absolutely none. It's almost like it doesn't ever happen, but it just happened to us. You know, there, there's things can just flip on our uh, on a second and like this uh, ancient apocalypse, this series of what this whole thing is and why the ancient civilization. So we're so focused in the sky and what Graham's theory is that, you know, for decades and decades, it was raining down meteorites onto Earth that wiped everything out of existence basically 12,000 years ago. So we're we're contending with these forces of nature that seemingly really don't give a shit about us and we might have a personal relationship with god but if it's the time of the meteor storm you best believe it that most things are going to be wiped out and all of a sudden you're in the in this nuclear winter so th this is we're here to help each other and we're here to process all of these things but i think you know we've become far too concentrated on this this sort of human interactivity and what are our personal flaws and, and and these kinds of things are as opposed to understand 
that we're also here to contend with nature as well as our own nature and and it's not a hot the world is not a hospitable place and to bring it home into a, some some sort of a bigger context than what i find so beautiful about spirituality is also that you know this this is a place that is not meant to be fixed it's not meant to ever be because if i observe it most of the time if i fix something here something's going to start leaking over there or right? then i fix that and two other things are going to you know it's like it feels like this is a place where a soul comes to test themselves in order to contest with all of these problems and overcome you know whatever it is and this then maybe you deserve a place to go to a better plane or something like that which is a major theme in these religions and and whatever and i i think you know, th this is also helpful with regards to the coming generations that I hope that I will have these kids eventually when we now are going to try again at some point is that I think I now have this understanding that I'm not meant to fix the world for this kid because it's never going to be fixed. What I'm meant to be doing is tooling themselves to understand with the best ability that they're here now to contest with their souls and with the world and they're going to face different problems that I'm going to face with. Uh, but they can have the emotional support, they can have the psychological strength, and they can have the understanding of how they would be best equipped to go through their own soul journey. And this, I, I think if we have this kind of a perspective to this world, that it's a school for the soul, it's not meant to ever become utopia, then, you know, I think we're more in line with the reality of what this place really is, the Maya, the great illusion. I love it so magical the way you the way you put it too it, it really is um an important part of acceptance of surrender i i what i'm that's what i'm seeing you know it's like you have this beautiful ability to see the importance of your own surrender and as a result you're allowing things to um come through you and discover and say hey you know it's like it is our school, 100%, this great mirror, right? And um, what can we offer with our own soul journey to, you know, really enhance our own experience so that the people around us, you know, we're reflecting back something that, that is identifying that's really near and dear to our heart. And our children um, are really going to be the highlight of that, you know? And we can only do the best that we can, you know what I mean? Like, um, and I think that this is something, you know, I always resonate with. I, I really believe that we're all doing the best that we can in our in our own nature. Whether whether some of us agree with each other or not is really there, you know, um, a, a person's perspective. But I do believe that based off people's understanding of their own maps of the world or the way they see the, the point of view, they're doing the best they can for themselves and as a result for the people around them. And I think that that is, uh, you know, it, it, that that's where the spiritual bypass comes in or it doesn't come in. And as a result, you know, we get to then pass that on. And you're right. I think um, there's a huge part where people think that, you know, that everything needs to be fixed. But this is this is going back now to the um, to the duality to recognizing that that's how you start to see the good only comes if you can see, or, or the, the light only comes if you can see the dark, you know, it's like, it's the magic, it's the beauty, it's the expression of both that allows us to see it, right? The contrast, 
And so I think that this is a huge part, right? When you're painting the picture, when you're the artist, right? If you start seeing yourself as you, you come into this world as a, with like a blank canvas, what are we doing to really curate the best um, picture for ourselves, right? Mm. And as a result for doing that for ourselves, our lives will be a byproduct of leaving a legacy, you know? And this is the way that, that I think that it, we, we can enhance the artistic expression that is ideally all of our expression that we've contributed to the one kind of world that we live in. Brother, um, tell me, okay, because, you know, first of all, I love talking to you because I always knew there's this deep spirit inside of you. And it's so amazing to like really explore that because I don't know if sometimes you get to um, share this depth um, as much as... No, not know. very often, bro. I really yeah. appreciate it. This is such a yeah. refreshing conversation because most of the time, you know, the art here is perceived um, all around the world, really. Most people think that art is now only subjective. They have this super postmodern, like this kind of thing. And and while Dubai and the Emirates, for example, you know very well, this is an incredible place with such beauty and all this kind of thing. Um, you know, they, they don't actually, in Dubai, you can t study a lot of art from different kinds of programs and different private schools and things like that, but they don't actually have a, a national education program for the arts or crafts or hand, you know, made things and things like that. For the 24,000 schools in the Emirates, it doesn't really exist. So like you said uh, at the very beginning of this conversation, art is a language. It's really something that you you can speak and it speaks to you and it transmits something. And that th that's the conversation that you really have with art. And one part of the challenge of doing that uh, here in the, the Emirates is that it's it's on a foundational level kind of missing as, as a part of the culture. And I think in the West altogether, if you compare it to, let's say, legacy Italy or something like that, there's this fantastic professor called Camille Paglia who's this cultural critic and a machine gun of a lady, uh, just incredible intellect, but something, someone who definitely rubs a lot of people in the wrong way because her tone is not soft. It's like it's, she will let you hear it. But, but she has, again, it, it's one of these things. It's like, to me, it's not so important what your tone is if I can sense that your purpose is beautiful and constructive and good. And she's one of those people, and she talks about the, the Italian Renaissance of how art belongs to everyone, for example, that it's really the from the peasant to the king, it's a part of everyone's lives as as a part of the aesthetic and the language and understanding. And it's something that we've really lost in the in the West, I think, altogether. Uh, and and what, what I'm trying to, what I'm attempting to do, because most of these conversations here, like you said, I'm doing these art cars and wrapping jets and, and all of these glamorous and glitzy things and going, and that's one part of the conversation. But they're really just to, in one way, a patch to try and help people to kind of allow themselves to look at it more deeply, to go into deeper conversations about them. But I'm, I'm no longer so naive that I think that, that this level of conversation of depth that you could probably read in an artwork without me saying it, for most people that doesn't actually transmit. And it's one of the backward things about our era right now is that you look at, for example, the NFT scene, you'll have some monkey pictures that are the most valuable art artworks ever. And it's like these very average or even below average things are being lifted as something that we should really look at because they are so expensive. 
and it's it's a misconstrued sort of value argument altogether and it's confusing everyone and no wonder people are so lost and depressed and uh, you know fucked <laughs> up because it's that you're just being bombarded by valueless things essentially that you're meant to praise as this high thing and, uh, and Jordan Peterson actually like was was one who beautifully described the Michelangelo statue, the Pieta, and this really resonates now with my recent sort of um, kind of events as well. Is that uh, it's this statue? So you have Mary, who's holding Jesus in in his arms, like beautifully sculpted out of marble, like this masterpiece that you just don't understand how someone can do that when you're in front of that statue. And really, what the statue is about is how a mother has to do this uh, journey of knowing that you're going to give birth to a son. He's going to die and suffer and be ill and be betrayed and all of these terrible things that happen. You suffer pains, whatever, disease, all these kinds of things, as well as the beautiful, the love and the transcendent and the amazing experiences. But ultimately, you're, there's going to be a lot of pain involved and then you're going to die. <clears throat> and this is what you're giving birth to is this. Uh, being who's going to go through all of these different kinds of things and despite all of the horrific things still chooses to have that child and give it to the world and do your best in order to be a parent about it and then so this is part of the core of art is like whether it's in these ancient structures and temples the craftsmanship that they put together like the great pyramid of Giza all the like what's gone into that whole thing i'm not going to even go into that because there's better people to explain it but it's such an incredible rabbit hole and trip to understand what it is that they could craft and give these experiences of awe and tradition and, and knowledge and passed along and this is more what the artwork and, and these experiences were about and now it's like it can be a shoe on a pedestal in a gallery and that could cost a million dollars because someone's doing a marketing campaign you know and and, and i just think that we're, we're losing our path and watering down the word art into something that can then be like a monkey picture now or or these kinds of things is really detrimental to our souls and something that really i can't see a world keeping itself together with these kinds of values if 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 everything is art or, or if everything is money then nothing is money and th there's clear paths on how we can evaluate it but but it's a little bit of a peculiar situation altogether but that's that's the side of the i'm not saying none of these projects shouldn't be i'm saying all of all of it fantastic you know have at it do whatever but I, i'm saying that there's something profoundly skewed in our values that a lot of what i see to be brilliant art or trying to do something that is of true value that can withstand centuries and people could look at it and then go like that's in line with universal truth and i understand more of my humanity and we were actually the same kinds of human beings five thousand years ago as we are now psychologically in some some sense and while looking at this art all of a sudden this five thousand years collapses away and i feel a part of this artist and what they were trying to say you know that that to me is real art whether it can actually transcend time and space in order to have something of value that it transmits forever and that's the side of the argument i want to hold and i think if we more support that kind of a thing and that's more of what we admire then we have a chance of society not losing its mind entirely which to me especially in the west it looks like it's very close to doing so and, I agree. and so yeah, yeah. it's like I a mean, great collapse yeah and we're pretending it, like it's not happening and you're like well, kind of clear bro <laughs> 
No, and and it, and, it, and I think that this brings me before we end um to a very important part because you know you and me love Dubai, we love the Emirates, we think that there's a lot of um greatness that's that's being created there on a very progressive forefront, and they really are uh, in part of inclusion and tolerance and support and dynamics and um. I think that, you know, it's been given, even before I went there, you know, it's been given a bad kind of name, um, you know, of, especially in, in, you know, different places in the world, the West primarily, you know, hey, oh, you got to be worried and stuff like this. And I think that um, this type of uh, fear-based or, or this type of separation, this illusion, whether it's monetary or, or you know, facades or um, religion or any of these type of dynamics is a way to really create more separation. And I think that you bring a really good, good point, especially using, you know, art as a way of like, hey, like, where are the values that completely bind us together, that, that, the values us as humanity bring us as you know uh, this this international global family and so i'd love to get your perspective um on you know what dubai is doing right now for you what are you creating in dubai and where are you kind of seeing your direction go in the next you know let's say 6 to 12 months brilliant question and and really resonate with how you frame it as well um, because you know a lot of the people who are now critiquing many things that are here and i'm not saying it's perfect definitely not i mean it has its things and and to a certain degree depending on how um, vigilantly someone is uh, like with islam it, it does feel a little constrict constrained in some sense in, in in a religious sense of how free it has been in the west and in finland and, and and many many other things but now many of those people who are critiquing what is gone over here uh i don't think they have much credibility in terms of how they've looked at their own stuff uh, at the moment and what i would say is why this place feels so together still is that the the religion and the spiritual side is really uh, respected and honored and it's okay you can be whatever religion you are over here it's not frowned upon if you're not um, whatever it is that you are but i think people just more have this appreciation that if you have some sort of an alignment with the universal there's more self-accountability there's more uh, like this thing that you're in line with life somehow and you're striving to be your best and people the, the kind of constructive entrepreneurial energy people are building over here things it, it's clear in the energy that it's you know in some sense the western mind would say it's not as free but a part of that constraint actually in here manifests into something that is a lot more safe of an atmosphere and i think a lot more sanity and a lot more something that i feel that i can easily be a part of and resonates with me this is really part of dubai is this a uh, whole idea of this beautiful oasis that comes out of nothing. It's in the middle of the desert that is all of a sudden like this Las Vegas luxury thing, this beautiful pearl that they built over here. And that kind of impossibility to contest with that force that you really are in the desert. If things don't work 
and you're here in the middle of the summer and the aircon doesn't work you're screwed <laughs> like and that that kind of relationship that people have with their surroundings and how to make things happen and how you have to come together to work together in order to have those greater parts uh, come to a new existence that that's really the essence of my creativity that's why these art cars or the yachts and the jets and now these villas that we want to print on marble and porcelain to transform different structures into more beauty and awe essentially this is just the place where to be and those people that are building that kind of thing it's i don't there's certain aspects of the western postmodernism that needed to happen as conversations they really needed to be a part of the lexicon of the people but i think it went overboard in a way where everything just feels like it's being pulled apart and picked apart and anyone trying to do anything is all of a sudden no but this then happened and this injustice or this whatever and you can't really get anything off the ground before your feet are already kind of cut off and i i think this is the you have to individually assess what is the place for you but I, I, it certainly has been a school for me for the past two years to come here with my preconceived notions of what this place is with an open mind but i still had the, the idea that this might not work or this might be different or whatever it is and during the two years to kind of come into contact with such humility and such grace and kind of people building and helping and and having this kind of spirit together to build stuff i'm like i'm home i i really don't miss going back to finland because this is it's the opposite over there it just feels like everything is in decline and it's for a good cause and i'm going like i dude <laughs> I, so maybe that's it this this is just home for us for now and really uh, i can't wait to soon go hit this conference and meet a bunch of people who are again building something incredible probably and i've never heard of it so exactly. <laughs> so and you missed over here as well. about so ideas and creativity you know everybody's talking about ideas creativity this is like this is what i really loved that resonated there's a lot of like creative minds wanting to think about hey like what can we do to make things you know different and enhanced and creative and um collaborative and you know i think this is a beautiful uh, abundant mindset which i really can see i mean every place has their their you know like we said this duality but it's about really finding that within yourself first. And then as a result, when you go to any place around the world, whether it's Dubai or, you know, Europe or, or North America, you're going to resonate with the people that vibrate at the same level that you're at. So this is something I think that everybody needs to pay attention to as well. Brother, um, I know we're a little bit over time. I, I have a, if you had three days left to live, what would you do? Wow. Okay. I'd, I'd have to get real present. <laughs> uh, what a curveball of a question mm. i think I'd, I'd i'd put a lot of things in line i mean like with regards to what i've been building with this art stuff is a legacy it, it's something that is meant to be a map for people to discover something of value to them and i just make sure that uh, you know whatever is left somewhere where, where all of the artworks are whatever to make make sure that my wife could be the one that is the custodian of all of this stuff uh, that all of that that is in line i'd probably spend a full day at the very least making sure that all the kind of things are in, in line and as easy to be transferred over as possible and then the rest would be probably uh, making sure that i'm with the people that i love as much and as present as possible and kind of like 
sharing whatever is left of the existence. But I, I think altogether, because I've, I've, due to this journey being so incredibly difficult with art and, and, and everything, I've nearly lost my life twice in the whole process and my health and, and things like that. Uh, and because of psychedelics and things, I, I'm not really afraid of death. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like freak out. It's, it's not something that would like really obviously it'd be devastating like to know the time and that it's that short no i thought i had more time and or, or whatever but I'm, i think i've lived in a way that i've given it as much as i can most of the time so i i think death is only really scary if you haven't given it your all because it, you're disappointed in your own potential as opposed to whatever and i i think th this is one part that i have done in this kind of sense that I've, I've really put all into the game and as much as time as i have left over here i'll keep continuing to do the same amazing brother thanks so much for for coming on the show i really appreciated um this amazing you know conversation tremendous insight if anybody wants to know more about you how they can find you uh find your work um connect with you where can they where can they look look you up Sure. And but before that, I really want to honor you and thank you for this this moment. It was really lovely. And like to say it again, I don't get to often talk about this stuff on this level. So it's very very appreciated, man. So good stuff. Thank appreciate you. you, bro. Thank uh, you. So art is one site. It's at art by Vesa on Instagram and Twitter. If people want to want to find me that way and kind of start looking at the art stuff all the body painting works and those kinds of things i compiled a website called artevo.org a-r-t-e-v-o.org like earlier and there you can find a lot of the the previous stuff so i'm going to compile it all onto one one website but you know there's this seven minute video clip actually on artforcrypto.com very at the beginning phase that kind of goes through the 15 past years of digital craziness and creativity if anyone wants to check that out uh and any feedback and all, all that kind of stuff is super appreciated because you know it helps me evolve as well but yeah that's really it amazing brother thank you so much for coming on the show again and uh i look forward to seeing you in dubai real soon come back bro yeah i miss you hey everyone and thank you so much for listening to the resilient minds i hope you enjoyed the show please make sure to go comment and like and follow us on iTunes or Spotify and make sure, please make sure that if you really love this, to share this episode and make sure that you're inviting all your friends to like it as we continue to unfold what the beauty of our minds does. More importantly, how powerful our heart level of intelligence can be when we combine our heart and our brain together. And more importantly, check out the alignment course that I've created. It's seriously there for you to take advantage of at www.ericbalance.com forward slash alignment. See you on the next show.